What's up, family? Welcome back to another episode of In the Bag Podcast. I want to, before we get started, just remind everybody to like, comment, subscribe. Please subscribe, follow me on uh, socials, and download on Spotify as well. All right, let's get right into it. So uh, as people may have heard, there's been an ongoing push by uh, Congress, universities, and FANG companies um, to ban TikTok. So what is FANG? FANG companies, F-A-A-N-G, would be the company's uh, Facebook, which is now Meta, Apple, Amazon, uh, Netflix, and Google, um, as well as, like I said, Congress. They've been lobbying to go ahead and uh, get rid of TikTok, uh, especially on their campuses, on their facility grounds. Um, so everybody knows TikTok has the craziest terms and conditions. They often uh, go unread. So maybe people don't know, but for the most part, TikTok has the craziest terms and conditions. Most definitely they invade people's privacy, not only on devices that have the application downloaded, but with personal devices and accounts not related to the application at all. They for sure do that. That's in their terms and conditions. That's what makes it crazy. The reason this is interesting is because Although we know definitely they do invade privacy, they're not the only people that do it or the only company that do it. Here's the kicker. The fan companies, big tech, all the companies that I just said, Facebook, which is Meta, Apple, Amazon, uh, Netflix, and Google, they also have a history of doing similar practices. So if the main reason that Congress is looking to ban them is the justification of privacy and security concerns, Like, how do you explain this hypocrisy? Here's the answer. The reason why all of these entities from universities to colleges to Congress to big tech companies are looking to uh, get rid of TikTok and they're looking to kind of start the death of the talker, ticker app is because uh, TikTok has been the number one source of their ad revenue getting cut. Yeah, so I think the most interesting thing about this is when you really, really think about it, you're able to follow the money and you'll find the reasoning. So even though, yeah, even though um, they do this same thing, they're looking to go ahead and chastise their number one competitor right now when it comes to advertising revenue for for justifiably what they do as well. You know, Apple has had privacy concerns, even though I think they do pretty good. Google for sure has privacy concerns, Amazon as well. So it, it's super interesting. I'm not sure about the privacy concerns with Netflix specifically, but it's just super interesting when you look at it. I don't know. Tell me what you think. Comment below what you think. All right. So something else I wanted to talk about was, do you think Twitter's gotten better since Elon Musk has arrived? I mean, obviously, there's been talks of the major layoffs. Obviously, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of controversy always around Elon. A lot of people don't trust Elon. But at the end of the day, I would argue that Twitter was a shit company. On average, Twitter had no monetizing strategy. It's not like they ran ads before. Their stock price has been floating around that 
$30-$40 mark for the past decade. They have not had no growth. They've had no growth. Mm, since Elon has gotten there, for sure, he's taken some flack and some backlash because of how he fired and did that mass layoff of people. But I would argue, think back to months ago when he was in that procurement process. It's interesting because they had lied about their data. They lied about the um, amount of active accounts. They lied about the amount of active bots that kind of enable echo chambers. They also have lied about shadow banning influential people. So I personally just think Twitter was a shit company to begin with. And I have a real hard time betting against Elon. I really do. He's had great turnaround in most of the companies that he's been involved with. And uh, after he after he buys a company or gets involved in a company, I just, I don't know. Let's see what happens long term. I think that it will be successful since he's joined Twitter. The number of active users has went up. He's made several changes to the UX directly, uh, the, the app's look, the app's function. So he's broadened the scope of how we can communicate to kind of get rid of the echo chambers. I don't know. I think Elon's a very smart dude. I, I think that he has a good understanding of what he's doing. I also wanted to give a uh, kind of credence to the conversation of the recession. So last year, beginning of the year, we had two negative, consecutive negative uh, quarters of GDP. What does that mean? That is the definition of a recession. The economy going down two quarters in a row consecutively, not the economy, the GDP. Look it up if you don't know this. Also, before we get into this conversation, I am liable to say I'm not a fiduciary or a financial advisor. Do your own research, find your own tax pers person or a financial professional. I'm not. I'm just a brother with some game and a laptop. So I just found this super, super, super interesting. I wanted to get in on this because... As soon as we had those two negative quarters of GDP, they changed the definition of a recession, similar to how when the pandemic happened or the pandemic, and they were rolling out all of those shots, let's just call them, they changed the CDC, World Health Organization, all the powers that be, Fauci, all of the powers that be, head of Pfizer, whatever, very powerful groups and people mostly white men, they changed the definition of what that V word is. It's just interesting. Right when we had the two negative consecutive quarters of GDP, they changed the definition of a recession. It's up in the air. No one could really tell you as of right now what's going to happen with the market. If we're in a recession, I would be lying if I told you I know exactly how this is going to play out. But I can tell you from the feel of it, things are getting eerie. In a two to three year span, they printed more money than has ever been put in circulation ever. Now, I'm not a genius, but I know that this dictates inflation. So I'm not saying we're in a recession, but I do want to go into how to invest if we were in an economic plight or a recession. So Step, and I'm going to go through step by step. I'm trying to give as much gems and game as possible. Step one would definitely be you need to, especially if you're young, you need to invest in yourself. You need to invest in your skill sets. 
you need to get certifications. You need to invest in uh, licenses, if you could. You need to invest in your health. You need to invest in your circle. So let me break this down. If you're going to college or you're not going to college, having certifications will propel you so you could create cash flow, you can create income, you can get better job opportunities, and you could directly monetize off of those certifications. I'm in the healthcare field. I've also worked in a couple of different industries, but I have had a bunch of certifications while having no degree that has led me to not only manage nurses of all levels, work in microbiology or work in uh, uh, clinical labs, major hospital networks, work for private hospitals, private doctor's offices, work in eight-figure, almost nine-figure healthcare companies and operations without a degree. I've had, I've had six years of high-level healthcare experience without a degree. I'm still finishing up my degree now. Inshallah. But the number one reason I was able to do this is because I was able to stack up a lot of experience and stack up a lot of certifications. I was able to leverage my youth and my time and my ability to learn fast and utilize technology to grow. I have a certification from John Hopkins. So I think what I'm going to do is um, drop a list in the description of a bunch of free certifications you can get. Um, yeah. What else do I mean by this? You could start by investing in yourself, by starting a business, any service-based business, whether you're a social media marketer, social media brand ambassador, um, whether it's a digital business, I sell eBooks, go to alwaystayhungry.com. Everything on my uh, digital businesses uh, on that front will be pay what you want. So you can just pay whatever you want. But yeah, digital businesses are great as well. Whether you have a uh, personal training, whether you, it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to get into it. That's just another way to invest in yourself. This is all step one. So you can get a mentor. A mentor and a coach, very, very different. A mentor is going to be someone who you soak up game with, you build a relationship with, and uh, they're able to have talks with you and guide you on their schedule. A coach is somebody that you pay for a result. I'm saying get a mentor, somebody who's done it, who has the experience, and who sees greatness in you. It's one of the best things you could do, I swear. Um. Yeah. So invest in your education, invest in your skills, invest in learning all of these things and invest in your health. Get better healthy habits early. So it'll just uh, uh, pay dividends later on through life. That's step number one. Leverage those skills, leverage those uh, investments in yourself, your education for cash flow. Invest that and save that. That's the best thing I could recommend. And guys, I'm only going to tell you things that I personally have done myself. I'm never going to say lies. I'm never going to tell things that I haven't seen work or I haven't done myself. So that's step number one, invest in yourself in all of those ways. Step number two would be after you invest in yourself, invest in assets that appreciate over time and produce cash flow. I personally am in love with stocks. I think stocks, crypto, all these things are great for you to think about, especially when you're young because of the compound effect. There's tons of books you could read that kind of go into this. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at this. In order to invest in stocks, the first thing you're going to have to do is research different companies, their fundamentals. You're going to have to research the technicals of how to read the charts, the little lines that everyone sees that has you know, the green and the red and people are like, oh, I'm making all this profit. You, you've seen the screenshots on Instagram. A lot of those are 
cap. I'm just going to call it how I see it. A lot of those are cap. So do your own research. Um, pick a brokerage. What a brokerage is, is essentially the equivalent uh, to a bank. It's where you could open up an account, put your money in. I recommend the number one brokerage in this country is going to be uh, Ameritrade. I'm not getting a sponsor from them. TD Ameritrade, I'm pretty sure is pretty good. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're the most recommended. I don't even have an account with them. I use Webull. I love Webull. Webull's cool because I like the technicals and how detailed it gets. Uh, it gives you a lot of information in real time. I would recommend to stay away from Robinhood. The reason I say that, Robinhood is notorious for gamifying stocks, making it super simple and childlike to understand while they sell your data to big institutional companies like BlackRock and Citadel. Google it. Google what that means. But I would stay away from Robinhood. It's just not worth it. Open up uh, uh, Ameri uh, uh, TD Ameritrade account or an E-Trade account or even a Webull. I'll, if you want free stocks, I'll drop my link down in the description. You could utilize that. You know, you have to, when you're picking a brokerage, you might have to compare their rates, right? You might have to compare their minimum deposit requirements and uh, they have different investment options depending. So I'll say this, this is a cool thing about the D, D, this is the cool thing about how investing has become consumer-based. Back in the day, you needed 60 bands and to become, uh, or, or just like a lot of money to become an accredited investor. Nowadays, anybody can invest and this is powerful. While you're going against the market, right, and the market does win, you have freedom in the fact that going against hedge funds, they have to make certain metrics every quarter or else they get fired. You have time. So only invest long term. This is a huge paradigm shift that a lot of people can't get with, but it's just something that I think is important to talk about. So after you do your research, you get a good understanding of how to read charts, what, what makes a good company, what makes a bad company. Let me explain this. Cash flow makes a good company. Look up at the company. Do they have debt? You could see their numbers. You could see if it's a good company because you could feel the impact and effects around you in your real world. I'll get into this in a little bit. So you did your research. You, you open up an account. Next, you have to fund your account. Don't fund any investment accounts with money that you're not willing to risk. I say this because you don't want to invest money that you're not willing to lose. Always diversify. For me, I invest about 15% of my income. Nothing more, nothing less. You want to pick good entries on great assets. Good entries. So when you invest is even more important than what you invest in sometimes. What I mean by that is Apple at 170, like a year ago or whatever, is not as good as Apple around $100 now. Apple is still fire, one of the best stocks I've ever seen. But... The timing is definitely important. So pick good entries on good on great assets, great companies. You see what I'm saying? And hold for a minimum of 10 years. That's my philosophy. 
long-term investing is the key. It's really hard to lose when you're patient. See, there's a quote that I like, and it's, the stock market is designed to transfer wealth from the impatient into the pockets of the patient. Hold for 10 years. So, and if you're just looking for the answer to, well, what what, what should I invest in? Go Apple, Microsoft, invest in two ETFs. That's going to be a basket of stocks. I like SPY and QQQ. SPY represents the total stock market, the S&P 500, the top 500 companies in this country that make up and prop up our economy. QQQ represents the NASDAQ, another index. Google it. Um, which represents mostly big tech during recessions, tech goes down immensely, but I look at everything when things go down, instead of being fearful, I look at it like black Friday, because if it's a good company and you liked it at $200, you should really love it at $70. It's a steal. So do those things, Apple, Microsoft, SPX or spy and QQQ build your portfolio around that. Hold for 10 years, you'll be okay. So that was opening up a stock account. Again, I use Webull. There's other ones out there. Fund your account, do your own research, learn the fundamentals of what makes a good company, learn the technicals of how to read charts, hold for 10 years, and you'll be okay. Invest regularly, pay yourself regularly. So, step number two investing in crypto. I love crypto. My crypto accounts are up 50% on the month which is pretty decent. One of my crypto positions is up almost 200% on the month, which is also pretty decent. Similar process on investing in crypto. You need to research the different types of wallets. So what is a wallet? A wallet is essentially uh, exactly how it sounds. It's a wallet. It's uh, tied to a brokerage sometimes. You could have a hot wallet or a cold wallet. A hot wallet would be something like Coinbase in which you don't own the private keys. It's essentially like a bank or a brokerage. A cold wallet's gonna be something that you have like a ledger or there's a bunch of different types of cold wallets where you have a physical thing that you hold your crypto and it's not tied to any brokerage or institutional company and you own your private keys. So you really own your crypto. I told my parents this, they're old school Jamaican. I explained to them like this. It's the difference between having your money in a bank versus having your money cash in a safe in your house. That's the difference between a hot and cold wallet. So research different types of wallets, compare the security that they have, the fees, and what cryptos they support, because some don't support some cryptos. Choose a wallet, create an account. Next up, fund the wallet. You could do this by purchasing crypto or transferring crypto you already have to your uh, wallet address and boom, that simple. I personally have a couple different wallets. I, I'm not gonna go into many, much detail for privacy reasons, obviously, but I use uh, a ledger and that I do have Coinbase accounts, but most of my money is not, most of my crypto is not associated with a brokerage. I'll say that. So um, yeah. I've, I think the best way to go, I look at investing almost like sports. If you're going to build an all-star team, if you're going to build a team in general, you want to pick the best players in the league. You want to pick the all-stars. So for crypto, 
you look at Bitcoin, it's hard to hard to say Bitcoin's going away. It just bounced from like, I don't know, I think it was like 16K. Now it's at like 23. So it's building huge momentum. Crypto is going to rally around Bitcoin because it's the number one. Um, and I just love the principles and technology behind the blockchain. So uh, again, this is not investment advice. I would just say get the top players in whatever industry or asset you're looking to acquire. So for crypto, I would go Bitcoin. I'll get Ethereum. Ethereum is used almost like Visa for transactions. Bitcoin's used almost as a store of value, almost like holding gold. That's how I would describe it um, in simple terms. So, and then I honestly would pick one more sleeper for major, major gains. For me, I like XRP because they have a lawsuit with the SEC that it looks like they're winning. So I'm just waiting for that. Um, yeah. And then step number three would be for me, especially when you're young, you need to invest in your retirement. I say this because the younger you start, the more compounding you'll have. And the easier it will be for you to have peace of mind and financial liberation. I'm actually writing a book about this. Again, go to alwaystillhungry.com. Check it out. It's called uh, A Day Late and a Dollar Short, Six Steps to Financial Liberation. And this is one of them. Open up a Roth IRA. You need to start thinking about that. Did you know most people who climb Mount Everest, they do not die on the way up the mountain. They die on the way down. The reason for this is because they're not preparing for the second half. They only prepare to get to the top, but not coming back down. Retirement is very much like this. So I always stress to all my friends, cool, you have savings. Cool. You may, maybe you invest, build the foundation of a safety net early, get a Roth IRA or any type of IRA or even a 401k. I'm not really a fan of them that much, but they do matching programs. Free money is free money. So. Research at a Roth IRA, again, I have mine similar to my stock account. I have it with Weeble. You could uh, hold stocks. You choose what stocks to hold. The only difference is they have a yearly or an annual contribution limit. I think it might be six bands or something like that. I'm not sure. And also, you're going to hold this account for much longer. So I'm holding this account for like 30 to 40 years, whereas my normal stock account I'm going to see what it's looking like in 10 years. Patience is the key. And you have to really ask yourself, do I feel worthy of having the peace of mind that I want? These are key things that will help you ch like shift the paradigms of your mindset to get you to invest, especially during a recession when pressures are high. So that's what I would say in terms of that. Um, again, I'll drop links in the description if you want some free stocks to uh, open up a Weeble account. Once you open and fund it, you'll get hit with free stocks. It, it'll be uh, definitely worth it. So use my link. And um, I'll also drop links like we were talking about for a bunch of free courses that are available. Um, so yeah, that's just some gems. So I also wanted to wrap this up and talk about, one second, one second actually. I also wanted to wrap this up and talk about failure. So me personally, I'm not that affected by failure. I choose not to believe in things that don't personally give me power or strength or empower me in some sort of way. Um, that could sound silly, but 
I don't understand how people let the possibility of failure stop them from even trying. I'm going to say that again. I don't really understand how people think about the potential of failure, not even the reality of it. And that stops them from starting. I always say, you should expect failure from the jump. It's just a part of success. If you want to be successful, you should also want to fail. That is what it is. They're tied together, interchangeable almost. Now, every person who achieves some type of greatness or success, whatever that means to them, whatever that means to you, they have failed along the way. That's probably what propelled them. Me personally, my greatest wins have come after my greatest failures. Like I said, I think they're tied together. I have failed over and over and over and over again since I was a kid. I've taken more L's than I could count since I was a kid. I'm still here though. Life is an uphill battle. Life is an uphill battle. You have to refuse to stop. I refuse to stop at least. I'm going to get into it. Some of the L's I've taken. Because it's important to be vulnerable. It's important to also know where you come from. I'm first generation in this country. In the U.S., I'm first generation, me and my sister. Grew up humbly. Mostly in a single parent household. Personally, I've abused certain vices. I'm not going to get into details on that, obviously. But I've had friends die young. I've had a family die too. I've had my own health issues. I've literally li lived with a dude or lived with people, lived around people who have tried to kill me. Literally, not, not metaphorically, not in like a cute little dramatic way, literally. <laughs> I always find this one funny. I've been kicked out of college five times, minimum, at least. I've had over 20 jobs. I'm only 23. That's so crazy. I always circle back to the fact that I've been kicked out of college five times because that's true. That is a factual thing. You know, during the pandemic, I was in between jobs for almost a year with no STEMI checks, really having to figure it out. You know, during my time in college, even now, I've had to work multiple full-time jobs while taking five to seven classes, full-time student, while getting paid minimum wage, having to figure it out, supporting myself. I say this to say, I just had a conversation with my dad this morning. This was brought up and I just found it to be very enlightening. And I always, I always circle back and think about this. Every bad day that you've had, I want you to think about this. I'm talking about the days where you were at your lowest lows. I'm talking about the days where you thought you weren't going to make it. You have a 100% success rate. You have a 10 out of 10, 100% rate of success. 100% rate 